Thanks for listening to this episode of Begin, the podcast from Derbyshire Writing School. My name is Pete Billingham and my co-host is... Laura Stroud. Not only are we the founders of Derbyshire Writing School, but we're dad and daughter too. Do you want to be a writer and don't know where to begin? Well, we want to help you solve the problems and overcome the obstacles preventing you from being the writer you dream to be. There is a place for you in our club. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to this episode of Begin, the podcast from Derbyshire Writing School. And we have a very special episode for you today. We have a taster, a teaser, a sample of an exciting memoir to share with you. So in an earlier episode, Pete Billingham, aka my dad, talked about how he created his memoir, Gathering Rosebuds in Kerala. And today we are going to share with you a very special reading from this book. So, Dad, are you ready to take it away? I am. Yes, I am. And uh, what we're going to do at the end of this particular section, after I've read a little bit about the book and talked about it a little bit, we're going to give you the opportunity to download a free copy of the workbook that goes along with the memoir. One of the things I wanted to do was not only to create a memoir, and it was um, fun to do that, but I also wanted to be able to teach Uh, others how they could take their stories take their memories and put it down into perhaps a bit of a longer form and so along with the book there is a workbook gathering rosebuds in kerala the workbook and right at the very end of this episode i will give you a link that you can download not only a copy of the workbook but also many many work pages that will give you the opportunity to start to write your memoirs so here we go Are you sitting comfortably? Let's begin. Gathering Rosebuds in Kerala, a memoir about storing life's special moments by Peter Billingham. Read by the author, Peter Billingham. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, all time is still a-flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. The glorious lamp of heaven the sun, the higher he's a-getting. The sooner will his race be run, and nearer he's to set in. That age is best which is the first, when youth and blood are warmer, but being spent, the worse and worse times still succeed the former. Then not be coy, but use your time. And while ye may, go marry, for having lost but once your prime, you may for ever tarry. Chapter 1. The Day It Began I was 45 the day I became older than my dad. That was the day it began. It was a day when the wings of reality smacked me hard in the face and woke me up to realising time is a-flying. Not in hours, days and years, but in a life. My life. My unique, my one and only, precious life. From that day, possessions over experiences and occupations over relationships shifted. Looking back, that shift was in the smallest degree. 
but like two aeroplanes taking off from the same runway, each heading one degree apart in direction, with time, the separation between them widens until the distance between them is substantial. Worlds apart. I feel a growing apprehension about getting older. The nearer the glorious lamp of my life has risen beyond the mornings of my childhood and adolescence, beyond its zenith of middle age, and now in the afternoon of life, is closer to setting. Like it or not, today I will tick off another day. One less. Everything around me is getting old. Atrophy. Even the word sounds uncomfortable to say. The unrelenting downward spiral. Inevitable endings. Everything that is alive is only heading in one direction. It is happening to those I love, my family, even my dog. And to ignore it feels foolish, to fear it seems weak. But to embrace the passing days, is that even possible? Is it possible to change my perspective on ageing? If it was, it could help the surging growth of those around me who will be living well over 65. The silver tsunami is surging towards the shores on the crest of an ageing population. Critics claim even using the term is ageist. But however you view it, the tidal grey wave is coming in fast. By 2050, according to the United Nations, one in six people in the world will be over 65, while some 426 million will be over 80. Many people try to find the elusive elixir of perpetual youth in a jar or under a knife. The goal, it seems, is to not grow old, but to remain looking young as if there is no beauty in a face and a body that has lived and not just been alive. The marketing departments of cosmetic companies spend billions selling us that dream in pots of creams or potions with serious sounding names. But even the miracle cure is yet undiscovered. Can't hold back ageing forever. It's not like I'm trying to hold back the waves of time, Canute style. I'm not averse to the wrinkle lines on my face, the slight stoop in my walk, the silver hair. I'm happy to still have hair. But can I embrace it all? I am getting older each day and nothing can stop that. Well, one thing can. The one thing that stops us getting older each day is the one thing we don't want to face. The end of our days. By occupation, I've had a unique insight into how many people's days end. More often than not, it is unexpected and unprepared for. I've been writing about dead people in my role as a funeral celebrant and eulogy writer for over seven years. Through hundreds of conversations with people mourning the loss of a loved one, the stories, memories and thoughts they share with me come back time and time again to those special moments that mark their shared lives. Most often it's not what you would imagine, and it's rarely the material rewards which are the pursuit of much of our lives. When you have stood next to over 700 coffins, telling the life story of the person inside, it makes you think about these things in deeper ways. Not just think, 
but feel. Emotional contagion is real. It can affect you with happiness and sadness just the same. The randomness and unexpectedness of death is disconcerting, which makes life to me feel all the more treasured and precious and limited. So over these last few years, preserving each day of life has taken on a new meaning. Why? Because I've learned life has this way of reminding us in those unknown, unexpected and unprepared ways that our days do have a number. My remaining days are not known or guaranteed, but they are numbered. It leaves questions nagging in my mind. How can I make the most of tomorrow, today and the days that have passed? What if there was a perspective on life I could take that could make that relenting forward march of the years feel different? How can I live in today but find joy, happiness and wisdom from yesterday? How can my tomorrows be filled with meaning and purpose? Is there a way to see my future is not contracting, but expanding? That I'm adding this day and its unique memories and experiences to a growing collection of other todays and not removing it from my supply of tomorrows. Adrian Mole was 13 and three quarters when he wrote his secret diary. I am 59 and heading well towards 60. And this is not a diary and my age is not a secret. 60 sounds so much older than 59. I'm close to hitting three score years and wondering what the then and beyond, optimistically, might look like. I'll never be young again. My back and legs in a whisper that is growing louder remind me of that unwelcome news each morning putting on a pair of socks. Young, you get a painful twinge in your knee or an ache in your back. Too much gardening or lifting, perhaps. After a few days, it disappears like the spring morning mist burnt off by the sun. Now, those same aches and pains stay all day. The standard image they present in media and culture is growing old gracefully, or disgracefully, is not something to anticipate with relish. Any good looks you once noticed in the mirror each morning have long gone. There are more mechanical devices you put on your body for the bits that don't work so well anymore. I take longer to remove these than my clothes these days when it's time to get into bed. Something within me is fighting against that. There is a youthful voice of resistance crying deep within that never seems to grow old no matter how long I live. There is still an unquenchable fire of desire to discover, learn and explore burning within. What is this force keeping the spirit of life flaming bright within? Whatever it is, it is the one thing I want and hope will be the last thing to go. I don't want it to sound that I'm getting maudlin. I'm not. I realise that there are more days behind than ahead for me. I understand that. But I am planning for many more years ahead. My mum has 30 more years on me. I'm not older than my mum yet. There is no bargain you can make with life on its length. It's not like a guaranteed contract. 
even three score years and ten are not a guarantee. I'm grateful for this day, but do deeply understand it is one less for me. I think it wise to face mortality straight in the eye and say, well, there are a few things I would say to Father Time or the Grim Reaper, but let me declare fading away gracefully and giving up on adventures is not my style or choice. Why, when potentially there are so many more adventures ahead, why not stoke that fire burning within? I am 59 and three quarters. I'm going to celebrate the impending arrival of being 60 in advance by travelling to India with my wife Noreen. It has been a dream to visit India and it's about to happen. I want to fully embrace everything I find there. The culture, the people, the food and I anticipate along the journey I'll gather a few more special memories. What I think the poet Robert Herrick called rosebuds. I shall call them rosebuds too, to store away for my future, but I'm getting ahead of my story. I'm also doing it for another reason. As we age, we remember those things we choose to pay attention to. I want intentionally to remember the adventures of my life. So, I'm embarking on an Indian adventure. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to chapter one of my book, Gathering Rosebuds in Kerala. And as I mentioned right at the beginning of this podcast, I would like to give you a gift. When I wrote the book, I always wanted to make sure that there was something more that I could do to help people who wanted to write their own life stories. So what I did is wrote a workbook. And in there, it gives you a three-step process to write in your own life stories, along with many, many work pages to help bring those stories together. And I'd like to give you a free copy of both the book and the work pages. In the show notes for this episode, you will find a link which will take you through uh, to allow you to download a PDF version of the workbook and also the work pages. It's a bundle of the two together. There's over 125 pages worth of information there. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. As we've said a few times, something changes when you hear an author read their own words. So thank you again for sharing this. And I know you won't do this yourself, so I'm going to do it for you. If you, our listener, would love to read more, find out more about this memoir, then you can buy your very own copy. So we'll also put a link in the show notes for you not only to receive a free workbook, but to buy your own copy of the memoir, Gathering Rosebuds in Kerala. And so for this episode, uh, I hope you've enjoyed it and uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to tell you a little bit about that story. And it's bye from Pete. And it's bye from Laura. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.